Could the Canadian curse finally lift in the Stanley Cup playoffs? It's been 30 years since a team from this side of the border hoisted the top prize in hockey, and heading into the second round, two Canadian teams were being eyed by odds makers as the favorites to make the finals. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Post-media national sports writer Scott Stinson joins me to discuss why a Canadian team winning the Stanley Cup is a perennial topic, what makes the Leafs and the Oilers the favorites at this point, and what it can mean to Toronto or Edmonton to have their team take the league title. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or even on Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So Scott, this year marks the 30th anniversary of the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. And for some listeners, they may recall the Patrick Waugh-led Montreal Canadiens coasting over their opponents and doing battle with the great one, Wayne Gretzky, and the Los Angeles Kings in the Stanley Cup final. That was, a, I think, the last Stanley Cup final for me as a teenager when I was really kind of sports mad. And I, I remember watching it with a lot of fascination. It was a great Stanley Cup final. And ever since then, the discussion has always been, well... When is the next Canadian team going to win the Stanley Cup? Is this the year? Is this the year? There have been some years where you think, oh, they may do it. Calgary in 2004, Edmonton in 2006. Why is that a perennial conversation when we get to the Stanley Cup playoffs? And why why is it something that fans in Canada get so obsessed over? Is it just they want their team to win? Or is this sense of identity associated with having successful Canadian teams? Yeah, I think it does have something. I, I think it's it's one of those things, Dave, where it's become it's become a thing kind of because it's been a thing for so long now. Um, obviously, it's not like Canada is has lost its way in terms of hockey. I mean, many of these Stanley Cup winners of of recent and not so recent years on American teams are had guys like Sidney Crosby and Jonathan Taves and you know. Kale McCarr last year in in Colorado, and and we're often seeing it's Canadians who are winning the Conn Smythe, who are playing major roles on teams. Steve Samkos, another one. So there's that. There's also the fact that internationally, you know, Canada has continued to do very well at the Olympics. Um, in the years when it's been best on best, they won the World Cup the one year it was held. So it shouldn't be a thing about national identity and like, oh no, these other teams are these other countries are taking over our sport, but it's kind of a natural result of there's 32 teams in the NHL now, and there's a minority of them who are Canadian. Of course, there's, there's seven teams. So some of it is just the nature of math. Uh, but I think it's because it's gone on for so long, as you say, it's 30 years now. It, it just kind of feels like surely to God, this is kind of like <laughs> once the streak is broken, you know, whether it is a, an Edmonton or a Toronto who possibly could win a Stanley Cup this this playoff season, you know, then maybe we just kind of forget about it and we go back to the reality is it's a hard thing to do for any one team. Um, there are much far fewer Canadian teams than there are American teams. So chances are it's going to be an American team that wins it most seasons. So it's one of those things where I, I, I think part of the reason we talk about it and we have these discussions every year is, is just because it seems like it's now been – um, absurdly long that it has happened. And, and as much as I say, well, you know, there's only so many Canadian teams, 30 years is from a statistical standpoint is longer than you'd expect to go when seven of the teams in a 32 team league are Canadian. If you're just playing the odds. 
And I, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those discussions that, that, like I say, it comes up quite often and, and there have been Canadian teams who have made the final or almost made the final. I think it was Montreal a couple of years ago during the, the North South. Yeah. During the COVID years, Edmonton made the conference final last year, but this year you're starting to get a lot of hype around the two Canadian teams who are left in the playoffs. You have the Austin Matthews led Toronto Maple Leafs. You have the Connor McDavid led Edmonton Oilers. These are seen as strong contenders so much so that heading into the second round, odds makers were suggesting that they were the favored teams to make the Stanley cup final. What is it about these two teams that the people who are looking at making the odds or who are looking at the league and, and the teams that are left that are saying these two are potentially the main contenders. The one sort of glaring similarity between the two is that each has an all-world player. Um, in the case of the Oilers, they have a couple in Connor McDavid and Leanne Dreisaitl, um, you know, Con- Hart Trophy winning types. Um, and then in Toronto, you have Austin Matthews, who's who's done the same thing, scored 60 goals last season. So there is that sort of top-end superstar power on each team. But beyond that, they're they're kind of different. Um, I, the Leafs are a case of a very good team in the regular season. The last several seasons, they have depth beyond Matthews, but they were chronically first round losers and have only just uh, this season got to the second round for the first time in in what seems like a lifetime, although it is not quite twenty years. Um, and it, I, I think this the sort of feeling with the Leafs is okay. They've finally done it. They've broken through. They've got the the large gorilla off their back, and now they can go be the team that they've been in the regular season for so long, which is which is very good, which is very deep, and they can take advantage of what was some pretty shrewd deal making by GM Kyle Dubas at the trade deadline and adding the kind of players who we sort of typically say are the, are the kind of guys you need to to go deep in the playoffs, which includes Ryan O'Reilly, um, who has won the Stanley Cup before with the St. Louis Blues and some other sort of depth dudes. Um, so so that's the Leaf situation. The, the Oilers are, as you say, got to the, the semifinals last year, didn't have as good a season to start this year, but have kind of put it all together in the last couple of months and seem to be playing their best hockey at this period of the season, which is obviously where you want to play it. Um, they have in McDavid and Dreisaitl and some other pieces of just absurdly good power play, which is very advantageous in the playoffs. And I think to the question of, you know, why the Ozmakers are favoring them, well, they both have those sort of particular strengths. And also there's been some other upsets. I mean, the the Boston Bruins, who had this incredible regular season loss in the first round, and the Colorado Avalanche and Tampa Bay Lightning, who had won the last three Stanley Cups combined, uh, were also eliminated in the first round. So some of it is just process of elimination. All these teams that were the favorites a round ago are, are no longer there, and so it falls to whoever's next in line. And I think that's, for the reasons I already talked about, that's why you're, you're looking at the Edmontons and the Torontos as suddenly being... Stanley Cup favorites, as strange as that sounds around these parts. Mm-hmm. I, and I mean, especially you look at the the last few decades of, of NHL history, the Oilers haven't won a Stanley Cup since since 1990. 
the Leafs, you have to cast your mind even farther back <laughs> for, for their last cup win. And it becomes kind of, especially, I, I know how Canadian fans react to the notion of the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you're outside Toronto, they're, they're not a team that has favor among a ton of Canadian hockey fans. Uh, and so there's this long running joke about the Leafs and their Stanley Cup drought. What does it mean to markets like Edmonton and Toronto to have a Stanley Cup contender, either in terms of the city identity and the past hawker tradition, or even just the excitement that you get around these kind of events, even though, you know, it's, we're talking about sports and some people may see it as a triviality, but they do, they do kind of unite a city, right? For sure. Um, you know, you, you, you've seen it, I'm sure in Edmonton, when you have long playoff runs, Edmonton's a bit different because it's, it doesn't have as many major league franchises, the Oilers are, of course, the only team in the in the Big Four North American leagues. Um, so there's that kind of little extra, I'm sure, civic pride uh, element to it. You know, it's Northern Alberta, and it's it's not really super on on too many players' lists of of places they definitely want to play. But um, so they've got a bit of that outsider. Th- dynamic going for them as well but even in a place like toronto which which has more major league teams and which is a bigger market and in hockey in a hockey sense is is maybe a little more desirable just because of its location in the central part of the country um you know whether when we have seen we certainly haven't as i mentioned we haven't seen the leafs go on any sort of a playoff run for a long time but when the blue jays or the raptors have had their playoff success i mean you can't get away from the fact that it 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 becomes a talking point in the city. There are the big outdoor viewing parties. Uh, you know, workplaces are doing blue and white days, and and kids are having assemblies. And and I mean, it just it 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 is definitely a thing, trivial as it is relative to some of the other issues in in society today. Uh, it does allow for that kind of coming togetherness that you just don't see with too many other things. And I look at that example of the Raptors in 2019 in Toronto. I mean, the Raptors, it's not to say that they were a niche team, but they, they weren't as widely popular as, as hockey is as a sport. And all of a sudden people who had never watched a basketball game or had rarely watched a basketball game were, were, you know, hanging on every shot of, of the Raptors as they went into Milwaukee and they went into golden state or, or Oakland, California for the finals. And as somebody who was covering that playoff run, you know, all of a sudden we got sort of halfway through it after two series wins. And like the news cameras were now coming on the road and doing live hits in places like Milwaukee and Oakland. And, and when I say the news cameras, I mean like not the sports cameras, this has become like a mainstream kind of thing. So that's the sort of impact you get from these long playoff runs is it kind of goes from the sports pages to the front pages in terms of what local people are, are talking and thinking about. We'll be right back. I, looking at it from a, a league perspective, I know, you know, there's been a, a great deal of expansion in the NHL. We have teams in places where you wouldn't necessarily expect there to be hockey teams like Las Vegas. And I know that teams in Florida have been around since the nineties, but when you have Canadian teams do well in the playoffs, does this, is this a good thing from the league perspective or do they worry that Americans may not keep up the interest? 
It's a good question, and and I'm sure you'd never get an honest answer from somebody at the National Hockey League uh, when it gets asked because, of course, if if you had an Edmonton-Toronto final, on the one hand, it's ideal from a hockey standpoint. You have... You know, these superstars and McDavid and, and Dreisaitl and Matthews and John Tavares and William Nylander and and all these guys. Um, you have two extraordinarily passionate fan bases in terms of having amazing visuals every night of, of you know, crowds and streets and bars full and it's all the talk in both cities. So... From that one standpoint, it would be amazing for the NHL. But on the other hand, they have an American audience to serve. And you do wonder if they would get, you know, the worst ratings of all time. If it was uh, two Canadian teams, especially one of them being relatively small market. And and in, when I'm referring to Edmonton, you know, not known for its, its big American stars, whereas at least Austin Matthews could be. Could be perhaps something, some guy that that draws the interest of the average American fan because they want to see him do it. it. Even that, as I say it, I'm not sure that I buy it. I don't know that too many American, you know, casual American hockey fans are going to tune in to see whether Austin Matthews can win a Stanley Cup in Toronto. So, you know, would that be a good thing for the league as a whole? I do think that there's probably something to be said for sort of what we were talking about before. If a Canadian team could just win the Cup, and, and they would get that sort of bounce in Canada and this market for a year, then maybe they sort of tick that box and they don't have to think about it anymore and go back to hoping they can go back to hoping that big U.S. markets are fighting for it every season. But the other thing is I'll just throw in too, like they have from a, from a broadcasting standpoint, they're in the relatively early days of a, of a TV contract with ESPN, which I think is something like six or eight years. I don't have the number in front of me, but it's not like they're going into an off season where they're negotiating a new TV deal with the United States. So if they were to have a Canada only cup final, it might hurt the ratings for this season, but it probably wouldn't be like a, any sort of a death blow. They'll, they'll be fine. They're, they're locked into a long-term deal regardless. So it's not quite the crisis point it might otherwise be. Yeah. I, and I, the other thing I'm curious about relating to that is, is on the flip side, looking at it from a Canadian perspective, and I know it may not be a league concern, but I assume for the Canadian networks, a Canadian team in the Stanley Cup Finals would be a, a boon for for the people at Rogers. And and you know, I, I think back to the 2003 Stanley Cup Finals. The like, I, you know, I, I don't know how many people really cared about New Jersey versus Anaheim. It, I it, I don't remember it carrying the same weight that that maybe one of the Sidney Crosby Stanley Cup Finals did or the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, the fact that you'd have a Canadian team in it, or at least the the prospect of having some big stars in it to attract a Canadian audience, I, I can't I imagine that that has to factor into the thinking among some in the Canadian media industry. For sure. And I I think um, you know, you go back to the Rogers deal where they bought the entire NHL national rights um for I believe it was 12 years. It was, you know, a huge amount of money in the billions of dollars. I think it was $5 billion off the top of my head. And the one thing that has been the case throughout the length of that deal is the real gravy from for a broadcaster's perspective is a, is a long playoff run with a Canadian team in it. And it has, you know, rarely happened at all. You, you mentioned... Uh, 
the examples of Edmonton last year and Montreal in the COVID year, um, there's been a couple teams that have had decent runs, but they haven't. I don't think there's been a Canadian team in the final over the length of that uh, Rogers deal so far. And certainly the, the Leafs, as we mentioned, haven't got beyond the first round. So any extra games you're getting from Canadian teams into the second and third and maybe fourth rounds of the playoffs are a huge deal to Rogers in terms of the size of the audience, the amount of money they can charge to advertisers. All that stuff is is hugely significant. And as I say, it's kind of like the price that they're paying for this deal is locked in regardless of how the Canadian teams are doing. But the better they get from the Canadian teams, the more money they get to make on the back end in terms of the, the fees that they can charge. So it's a huge deal to them in terms of the, the potential for finally having, you know, a long sustained playoff run from Edmonton or particularly Toronto because of the size of the market here. But um, so, you know, when, when they started uh, on Tuesday night, you you got to believe there were no bigger Leafs fans in the world than the Rogers executives who were watching that game, probably from some suite in the Scotiabank Arena where the Leafs ultimately lost. And of course, we're recording this on a on a Thursday morning. The Leafs are trying to not lose both games at home in their series uh, tonight. So uh, you, again, you better believe that the Rogers execs will be rooting pretty hard for them to at least make this a series that that lasts longer than a few games. Mm-hmm. And and lastly, I, I was just curious, you know, when you look at these markets, we look at these teams, the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, they've been, I guess you can say rebuilding for a number of years, trying to take what they have with their big stars and build a team around them and garner some playoff success, maybe approach the Stanley Cup Finals, a Stanley Cup is never guaranteed, obviously, but you you want to get to that final. But all of these things have a shelf life. Like, are we starting to enter a period where the clock is really ticking if these teams want to have success with the players that they have now? I mean, Austin Matthews was drafted in 2016, Connor McDavid 2015, Leon Dreisaitl 2014. That if it's not done in a couple of years, you could have some of these these players who perhaps that's a goal of theirs to win a Stanley Cup say it's not going to happen here I think it's time for me to move on it's definitely a possibility um there has long been a suspicion in well I shouldn't say it's like it's not a widely held suspicion in Toronto but Austin Matthews is from Arizona the Phoenix Coyotes are a disaster of a franchise but if there's one thing they have it's a lot of cap space and so there's there's at least been the possibility in some people's minds that that Matthews, especially if he doesn't have team success in Toronto, will play out his deal, which which is for another one after this one, um, another year after this one, and then potentially move on to something, uh, whether it's like going back to, to Arizona and playing in relative anonymity but having no pressure on him, you know, that might be appealing, or going to some big U.S. market and, and being a superstar in an American sense, as opposed to just in a big Canadian market. And then of course you get to, you get to McDavid and Dreisaitl and Edmonton and, and look, I don't think it's, it's insulting or being unfair to say that that Edmonton has historically, at least in the free agent era and the salary cap era, not been necessarily a place that, that the, the, you know, the bulk of the game stars are looking to play. And, McDavid is, of course, from uh, southwestern Ontario, the Toronto area. So as much as people might think Austin Matthews might decide to go home, 
they're also saying the same things about Connor McDavid. You know, could the Leafs basically take the Austin Matthews money and and try to go after Connor McDavid? Or, of course, literally any team in the league would be quite happy to have either of those two players. So you have to recognize that, especially, if, as you say, these, these players have all been with the teams that drafted them for a while now. If they don't end up getting some team success uh, between now and the times their contracts are up, you have to at least acknowledge the possibility that there might be reason for them to go join a team that that has either done it before or looks closer or has the right mix or whatever. Because one of the things in the salary cap era is, you know, as long as a team has the space, they can, you know, there's pretty much like a maximum number that any one player is going to earn. It's not like Edmonton's going to be able to say, well, we can pay you twice what any other team can. It's just not the case. So the financial incentive to, to stay with your own team is, isn't there for these guys. And so, the possibility of them leaving has to be considered. I mean, I'll just note, you know, we saw this down the road in Calgary uh, last year where Johnny Gaudreau and, and Matthew Kachuk, both guys who had been like staples of that team, ended up leaving, um, one through trade and one through free agency. But it, it, it's not uncommon in the modern NHL to see guys who are who are super valuable players of teams kind of get to the point where they want to move on and and the team doesn't really have any means to stop them from doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for fans in, in both Edmonton, where I am, and, and Toronto, it's, I hope that, we all hope that they, they want to stick it out and, and play play with their careers and hopefully have some success. But I guess we'll just have to see how things go over the next few games of these series. Scott, thanks for your time. Yeah, the funny thing, Dave, is I'll just throw in, like, you really don't want to have to, every every fan is invested enough in these playoff games as it is, so you really don't need to throw on the what does it mean for the future of my franchise and my favorite player, but yeah, the fact is that that, that part of the story is also there too, so that much more to be stressed about. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks again, Scott. Always happy to talk hockey. Thanks, Dave. 10-3 is produced by Tyler Dawson, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Scott Stinson. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.